Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. Collegiately speaking. And we're underway. Needs a block on the picker. He gets it. And will he go the distance? Yes, he will. As the Hokies deliver the dagger here in Tallahassee. Intercepted by the Wildcats. The Wildcats win. Unbelievable. Here's Collegiately Speaking, your one-stop shop for college football news. Collegiately Speaking. With Dave Ennett and former Northwestern quarterback Dan Person. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain? Collegiately Speaking. Welcome to another edition of Collegiately Speaking. We take a look around the Big Ten college football, focusing on the Northwestern Wildcats. Dave Ennett with former Wildcat quarterback Dan Persa, Super Joe Romano will join us a little bit later on. He'll have his pick of the week. But, uh, uh, Dan, we took a bye week last week. I think we needed it after uh, the Wildcats game in Nebraska a couple of Saturdays ago. And uh, this week, uh, the Cats will take on another team looking for its first Big Ten win, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. But, you know, I... I'm sitting there at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln a couple of Saturday nights ago and I watched the Nebraska Cornhuskers and quarterback Adrian Martinez on the first play for Nebraska offensively complete a 70-yard pass to his wide receiver Toure, which set up a touchdown. And, of course, the Cornhuskers went on to win 56-7. to They scored 21 points in that first quarter. And, uh, and, and it got me to thinking, and I'm sure – a lot of Wildcat fans were, were thinking the same thing. First play of the game uh, by the opposition uh, in in uh, the opener. First play of the season was Kenneth Walker, the third 75-yard touchdown run for Michigan State. That right there, I think, probably set up the season for Michigan State because they haven't looked back since that play. Their first game on the road at Duke two games after that was a 50-yard pass play that set up a touchdown. This week it was a 70-yard pass play to set up a touchdown by Nebraska. And I just wonder if if you're a player in a game like that, and I know it's it's easy to say, okay, you've got still you, – you still have whatever it is, 59 minutes to go, or you have – uh, more oh, nearly four quarters of football remaining, and so there's plenty of time. But but how does it affect your mindset when you have something like that happen, and especially when it happens repeatedly? Yeah, it's a great point. I think um, taking a knockout blow like that on the first play of the game always sets your confidence back, right? I think you know, especially if the defense is out there first. Uh, which which I know they have been in, in a couple of those scenarios. But, yeah, it, it, especially for an, a very inexperienced front seven and defense kind of as a whole, um, it, it's hard to come back from that. And I think that has led to the worst and worst play over the game. Um, and I, it's it's interesting because I don't know that we've ever really seen something like that at, at Northwestern. Uh, one, because of the, the strong defenses and the disciplined defenses. And, two, it's just a kind of a, a crazy stat. So, yeah, I think it's, it starts to wear on you, right? You, you start kind of leaning back on your heels a little bit. And even if you don't give up a touchdown in the first play, I, I, I would bet a lot that Rutgers is, whether they throw a deeper run, run, a, run a, you know, 
play up the middle, they're going to get a big gaining play because the defense is kind of in a reactive mode, right? Um, because they're used to these big plays. So it's, it's su- certainly something to watch, and you know, hopefully they can improve on it. I think if you'd said, and we might have said this when we talked at the beginning of the season, if you'd said the Wildcats would be 0-2 in the Big Ten heading into uh, the, the middle of October now and heading into their homecoming game, you would have thought, well, they're, they're probably struggling on offense. Uh, they're without Cam Porter. Uh, maybe the quarterback situation hasn't solidified itself yet. Maybe it's receivers, whatever, the offensive line. Uh, that hasn't really been the case. I mean, really, uh, the the quarterback situation now, the, the hands of Ryan Holinsky, seems like he's adjusting and making a nice transition into the starting role. But I don't think you would have said the defense would have struggled the way it has because you look at the defense, and there are guys who've played a lot of football out there. Uh, guys like Brandon Joseph, who's uh, one of the stars in the Big Ten, and Chris Bergen, and some guys up front, uh, Adabare, and uh, even the, the transfers who've come in and done some good things, Miser and Pooler and Sam Duke Miller coming back. And so maybe that's kind of the baffling part of it is that you do have – some pieces there, and I know that it is a relatively inexperienced front seven compared to what they've had in past years, but, uh, you know, I think at some point you're not inexperienced, right, when you've been out there uh, already almost half a season. Yeah, I think the hope at the end of the day is that these guys are improving, right? I think uh, my relatively uneducated eye on defense, it just seems like there's a gaping hole in the center of the defense. Um, I'm not so sure it's, you know, the, the front four, but um, the the Sam and Will linebackers, the two inside linebackers, are just very inexperienced um, and don't seem to be making any plays, whether it's plugging holes or, or you know, batting down passes or being in the right position. They always seem like they're chasing somebody or missing tackles. And I think when you have that, you know, heart of your defense so inconsistent and so, I mean, soft's the wrong word, but, you know, so flimsy, um, it, it just kind of crumbles. And I think that's, that's what the Northwestern's seeing, right? With, with, um, their def- defensive backs trying to make up with crazy plays and missing interceptions and, and people playing hero ball. And I think, you know, when you're not playing a team defense, that's going to happen. And hopefully they get, they got some of those things fixed over the bye week. Um, and Ruck- Rutgers is a, is a great opponent. They're, they're no slouch anymore like they used to be. So I think it's, it's going to be another test that, that Northwestern has to step up to the plate for. If you had a chance to watch Rutgers against Michigan State on Saturday, uh, they were susceptible to some big plays, and, and Walker got them too. You know, he got the Wildcats in that opener, but he went for a 90-plus. Plus, they had uh, three touchdowns of better than 60 yards passing from Peyton Thorne to uh, his wide receiver, Naylor. And, I mean... Th- those were all in the first half, the uh, three 60-yard touchdown passes. So, I mean, that's uh, that's something on one hand you would think that bodes well for the Wildcats, right? Because maybe Rutgers is susceptible. But on the other hand, Rutgers has to be coming in and looking at this game as, okay, well, we've got Northwestern and they, they've had trouble stopping people so far. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the defense just has to give the offense a chance, right? Especially with, with Ryan Holinsky coming in. I, I actually think he played pretty well, all things considered, against Nebraska. He made some, some good throws. He looked confident. Um, there were some things to clean up, but he never really had a chance, right? You, like, like you mentioned earlier, 
Northwestern was down 21 in the first quarter before he, he seemingly got out there for his first drive, right? It, it just, they never really had a chance. So I think if the defense can step up, slow people down, hold people to field goals here and there, uh, not give up 21 points in the first quarter or, or have these huge leads out of the gate, then the offense and, and Lindsay can kind of settle in a little bit um, and, and hopefully take advantage of some of those big plays like, like Michigan State did. But if the defense continues to just kind of fold and give up these huge plays and, and the after one three and out, um, you know, the offense is, is running out there again, down 14, nothing. It just, it just sets up for a really bad situation, you know, similar to, to any other situation with a good defense that your offense is, you know, going three and out all the time. So it's, it's just, they're not, it's really just two sides of the coin that, that are really struggling right now um, to, to put together a full game. Well, uh, still half a season to go, so we'll see what happens. And there's a lot of football still to be played in the Big Ten. Dan, a pleasure now to welcome a good friend, longtime WGN sports broadcaster, who is now the voice of the Minnesota Twins up in the Twin Cities. But he is also one of the play-by-play guys for Fox and for BTN on college football, Corey Provis. Corey, thanks for hopping on with us today i had a chance to catch up with you and lincoln nebraska a couple of saturdays ago and uh i don't think either of us expected to see what we saw that night at more memorial stadium but a very impressive showing by the uh, nebraska Cornhuskers. and it, it, i know you had a chance to talk to scott frost a little bit it seems like this is a team which is having a hard time finding a way to win games that they've got a chance to win late. You know, and, and even too going back to their to their most recent game against Michigan and Michigan looks looks really good, but what is what has held Scott Frost back now in 4 years is winning close games. And finally that wasn't the issue. Uh that was a motivated team, that was a hungry team that night at Memorial Stadium and boy they had big plays out of the gate, and I know that's been an Achilles heel for Northwestern this season, allowing those huge plays early in games, and it was deja vu again that night in prime time. But, you know, I've had I've had Nebraska a couple of times, and Scott Frost has said this, that they are better than their record, and, and they, they are, that they are, but they just have had a really challenging time winning close games. And how they dominated Michigan State the week before, only to lose that game, mathematically is really hard to do. So, yes, I, I do believe it, and I'm sure that Nebraska fans do want to hear it, but I do think that they are a better team than their record would indicate. All right, so we're just about at the halfway point of the uh, the Big Ten season, or, or, well, we're at the halfway point of the college football season, not yet the halfway point of the conference uh, campaign. Obviously, the Iowa Hawkeyes are in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West, and and to see them at number two in the country, Corey, I don't know how much of a chance you've had to watch Iowa. I, I thought they would be good. I didn't know they would be number two in the country good. Uh, they're loaded. I mean, they are good. I mean, you know, I saw I, – I was there in, in West Lafayette in 2020 for, uh, for the first start for Spencer Petras, and you saw the arm strength with this guy. You just wondered – he can clearly throw it far. He can throw it hard, but does he have the touch? And that's still a part of his game that, that is a work in progress. But, boy, he hit Regani 
uh, Nico Regani for the most clutch pass of the game last week. And I just I wonder, too, you know, I, I was watching that game as I was traveling back into town that if, if, if Clifford stays healthy, what kind of game is that? Because clearly Penn State's offense just had nothing. Uh, once they lost Clifford and that really good defense did everything they could to keep their team in the game and to give them a shot. But that offense just fell apart once they lost Clifford. So Penn State, depending on Clifford's status moving forward, you know, what can they do? How good can they be if they don't have their experienced quarterback? Because that did not look like the same team. But, boy, Iowa, Iowa looks really good. It's a veteran team. You see those names and guys that took advantage – of the COVID year to come back and add to that experience. I mean, Iowa is going to be a really tough team to beat, specifically in the Big Ten West. Dan? Corey, switching over to the East, um, Michigan State, you mentioned you covered them and you did one of their games. Are they that? Are they there with the Ohio State, Michigan, Penn States on the East yet, or, or is it kind of a, an aberration? I don't think so. I, I don't think they're there yet because what happened in the Nebraska game and Nebraska, they shut down Walker. I mean, Kenneth Walker was the was leading the country in rushing, you know, Dan going into that game against the Huskers a couple of weeks ago, and Nebraska's defense held them to sixty four yards. And then Thorne, he couldn't do much in the second half of that game. And in fact, it was wild going back to how Nebraska lost that game. From halftime and into overtime, where Michigan State won, the Spartans only had one first down. One first down, second half into OT, and yet still won that game. And it was because of of just horrendous special teams play on Nebraska's side of it. So I think what Mel Tucker has done is amazing. I think they're one of the better stories going on in the Big Ten in the game because nobody expected this quick of a turnaround in his second season. But to their credit, they're finding a way to win. But the schedule is going to pick up. They take on Michigan here, I believe, on Halloween weekend. And that's going to be a big test, obviously, to see where the Spartans are at. But, you know, give them credit. They're undefeated. But do I think they're on the same level right now as Ohio State, as as Michigan, Penn State? I'm not ready to say that yet. But to be to be fair, you have to give the Spartans credit because Mel Tucker is doing a phenomenal job. There's, I think, a group of teams, guys, in the Big Ten that are sort of still in that that next level behind the the top teams, the top tier, and and I think Minnesota might be one of those teams. Corey just and obviously. It was critical for them to stay healthy. But how do you look at Minnesota? You're kind of close to that situation. Yeah, Minnesota just they, they lost their top two running backs now. Right. Muhammad Ibrahim out for the year, and then they just lost Trey Potts to a to a season-ending injury uh, in, in the Purdue game. And we don't know. It, it might be career-threatening, too. He stayed in the hospital in West Lafayette for six days after the Gophers left town. So he is back in the Twin Cities, but... He is done for the year, and P.J. Flex said recently that he's not sure if, if Potts will be able to play against. So that is certainly a big storyline worth watching here. With, with, with Minnesota, too, you know, they, they played well against Ohio State, lost that game. Then they go on the road and blow out Colorado. And I'm okay. You know, they're, they're feeling pretty good. But then they lose at home. They're about a 30-point favorite. They lose at home to Bowling Green. Yeah. And that was a head-scratcher. And then it was that monsoon game. Uh, in West Lafayette uh, a couple of weeks back that they that they did win. But is Tanner Morgan playing at his best? 
I don't think he is. I think he was better a couple of years ago. And you're seeing, too, what a difference it is. And the Gophers had some awesome wide receivers. I mean, they had some great options for Morgan to utilize in the past game. Chris Hoffman bell has been banged up now really since camp. So does, does Morgan have the same weapons? But now teams, how are they going to attack Minnesota knowing that the Gophers are down their top two running backs? It's going to be challenging, I think, for Minnesota offensively. And the defense for the Gophers was, was terrible last year, especially their linebacking core. Improvement this year, it, there is improvement. But I, I think Minnesota's a question right now, fellas, just because of such substantial losses on offense, specifically with the running game. They've got Nebraska at home this week. That's kind of an intriguing game to watch. And uh, and Purdue playing at Iowa this week, I don't know how much of the Boilermakers you've had a chance to see. Uh, I thought they were going to handle Minnesota in that game, and then the Gophers uh, kind of took control. But can Purdue go in there? Maybe the timing is good, I guess, Corey, for them to go in there and maybe uh, make a run at the Hawkeyes. You know, Jeff, I saw Purdue week one against Oregon State, and Jeff Brom said going into the year that, and Jeff Brom has always been a pass-first guy, right? You know, pass 65% of the time. He wanted to have a little bit more balance, but, but Xander Horvath has been hurt. They lost Horvath, you know, the second game of the season, so he's been out for a while, and he was by far the most versatile running back, and not just in the ground game. He led all Big Ten tailbacks in receptions last year. So Xander Horvath losing him was significant. You know, George Karloftis is still a a beast on on the D-line. He is somebody to watch out for. The the Purdue-Iowa game in West Lafayette last year was was a great game, and Purdue actually won that game. And I believe the Boilermakers have won three of the last four against the Hawkeyes. So it's one of those sneaky games. But, you know, Purdue is still trying to find a quarterback They've gone back and forth uh, between their quarterbacks. You know, Aiden O'Connell's been out there some. Plummer's been out there some. Um, so I don't think Jeff Brom has settled on a quarterback yet, which is not ideal. I think, uh, you know, the, the monsoon conditions they played against the Gophers a couple weeks ago made the made the conditions tough to move the football, but still questions the quarterback, and I don't think Jeff Brom was planning that, you know, halfway through the season. Well, if Iowa can win this game, they'll get to their bye week 7-0. and I don't know how many people saw that coming. Then they've got back-to-back road games at Wisconsin and Northwestern. And, and normally that Northwestern game is, is a tricky game for Iowa. I'm not sure this year, uh, based on what the two teams have done so far, that you'd look at it that way. But uh, we're going to catch you at Ryan Field at all later on this season. I hope so. Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing more Fox games right now, but then I'll be back with uh, with Matt Millen on Big Ten Network once we get into uh, November. So I, I would love to to get back to the Chicagoland area and see some friends and family. And uh, you know, at some point, you have to pick up a tab once in a while. After I've been doing that now for a long time, so I do hope that the uh, the fine people at BTN do send me back to the uh, Chicagoland area next month. All right. That was that was so untrue, but whatever. Uh, hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking the time. Safe to, where are you this week? I'm actually going. I've never been to see that that lovely blue turf in Boise, wow. Idaho. So I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to Boise State uh, this weekend to see uh, Air Force in Boise State. And a good game in the Mountain West and Boise State coming off an upset win at BYU last week. 
And then Air Force, as they, they run that triple option. They've done it forever. Yep. And they only have one loss this season. So it's going to be a good matchup uh, watching those two games, those two teams play on that lovely blue turf in prime time on Saturday night. I've always wanted to see a game there. Safe travels. Thanks for taking the time. All right, Dave, Dan, good to be with you guys. Take care. Thanks, Corey. Thanks to Corey for joining us. Really interesting stuff there. Uh, Purdue at Iowa this weekend, as we mentioned. Michigan State playing at Indiana. Hoosiers are still looking for their first uh, conference win of the season. That Nebraska-Minnesota game, Wisconsin stepping out of Big Ten play this week to take on Army. And now it's time for Super Joe's Prediction. Prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future. Super Super Joe's Predictions. All right, boys. I think we all needed a bye week after uh, <laughs> yes, after that did. beat down um, in uh, in Maryland last week when I picked the uh, the Terps to at least keep it close, which they did not. Um, I am sniffing another home dog this week. Actually, I got the Indiana Hoosiers getting four and a half right now. The game opened uh, with Michigan State being favored by three. Uh, you see some places actually getting five, so I'll take five. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this gets close to six by the time it kicks off. Uh, Jack Tuttle is going to be under center for the Hoosiers. He actually led them to a victory in Madison last year, so he's got some experience. Mm-hmm. And I think the Spartans might be looking ahead. they got to buy next week, uh, and then the in-state rival Wolverines come to town after that. Um, I-, I think they're for real. We-, we saw them on opening night. That's a, that's a team that's talented on offense. You talked about uh, uh, the quarterback and uh, running back wide receiver tandem that they have there with uh, Peyton Thorne, Walker, and Naylor. You know, they've got some players. I'm not sure that they're a legit top 10 team, and this is clearly just a spot play. I think that their mind might not be on the winless Hoosiers, conference winless Hoosiers. Uh, They might be looking ahead a little bit. So I'm going to take the Hoosiers, getting points at home against the Michigan State Spartans. All right. Thanks, Super Joe. The Hoosiers are one of those teams. They had such a good year last year, and a lot of people felt they should have been the Big Ten championship game, but it was such a strange year. But there were a lot of teams that I think had higher expectations. Northwestern would be among them coming into this season. Rutgers was a team that I think people expected to take a step in year two back under Greg Schiano. Indiana with Penix coming back, but he's been banged up since that opener pretty much. And he had the three interceptions uh, against Iowa to start the season. And it just seems like, Dan, Maryland's another team. And I think people thought they would be better this year. And it looked like they would be, but they've given up a ton of points. They're having trouble now. We saw it against Iowa. Turnovers did them in, and then against Ohio State. It just seems like some of these teams have had trouble getting a foothold where maybe things were expected of them, and it just hasn't developed. It's just very tough, especially if you don't get off to a good start. Yeah, at the end of the day, the Big Ten, I think, now has five of the top ten teams in the country, yeah, right? first and time Maryland ever. A, right, Maryland was off to a hot start, but then they run into, you know, two top five, top ten programs, and that, that went out the window. So I think it's it's just a tough schedule with a lot of good teams, and, and like we were talking about earlier with Nebraska, I mean, they're they're a good team. They just they find unbelievable ways to lose games, and which continues to, to I'm sure, 
uh, make Huskers fans scratch their heads. But um, it's, the conference top to bottom is, is solid. So if you don't bring your A game, you get kind of pushed down pretty quickly. No question about it. This week, the Wildcats and Rutgers at Ryan Field, homecoming. They're going to honor the 1995 and 1996 Big Ten championship teams uh, because uh, due to the pandemic, they weren't able to do it last year. They're going to do it uh, this year, Saturday. They'll be honored at halftime. And uh, hopefully the uh, the Wildcats will bounce back. And hopefully the bye week did them some good. They'll figure things out because while they're back at it this week, the Michigan Wolverines are enjoying their bye week before they host the Wildcats a week from Saturday. We'll talk about that next week. Dan, have a great week. We'll see you out in Evanston Saturday. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. That's Dan Persa. Thanks to Joe Romano. Thanks to Corey Provis for joining us. I'm Dave Ennett. You've been listening to Collegiately Speaking. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you Saturday from Evanston.